On this episode of the 520 Collective Podcast, what is a woman is the question that Matt Walsh asked in his new documentary, and we're here to discuss it. We also have the host of How It All Works, Kirk Nugent, joining us for this month's Industry Insider interview. Let's go. Hey, yeah. Message heavy. Don't prompt show. They not ready. Race against the time like four wheels. And they ready. Keep it steady. Beat it hard and they barely give them ears and hear the truth in the life. Throw confetti. Yeah. Message heavy. Don't prompt show. They not ready. Race against the time like four wheels. And they ready. Keep it steady. Beat it hard and they barely give them ears and hear the truth in the life. Throw confetti. Just a flip of the watch. Just game time. Game time. Game time. Just a flip of the watch. Just game time. Game time. Just a flip of the watch. Just game time. Game time. Five twenty collective. Listen every day or get robbed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, what's up? You're tapped into the five twenty collective podcast. It's indie Christian culture, and I'm your host, Eric in Boston, here with my co-host, Zero for Hire. What's good, man? What's good? Dude. I uh, signed up for the Daily Wire. Oh, yeah? I had to drop that 15 bucks. Right. And then you shared it with me. Just for this podcast. You shared it with me. Do not listen to that Ben Shapiro. He did not share anything with me. I'm making stuff up right now. I'm I'm waiting to see where you're going with it. Uh, I just don't want you to get in trouble, man. That's all. We've been doing some cool stuff, trying out Twitter spaces. Right, and that's going pretty cool. We've had some uh, artist interviews, and we had a discussion. We're planning more discussions, so I want to make sure that people know that we're doing this. So, if you want to be a part of it, one, whenever you see that we're going that we're live in Twitter Spaces, just join. That's the first thing. But two, if you join our Twitter community, uh, which is basically a feed for just Five Twenty Collective, so go join the Five Twenty Collective. Uh, Twitter community and you'll get some you know exclusive content that we post only there including early notification that we're going to do stuff like uh, Twitter spaces so I just want y'all to do that um, anything else that we've been doing this past month man that I haven't that I need to make sure that people know about I can't I don't know that we've really been doing anything else other than the, the Twitter, Twitter spaces, spaces and the community just kind of focusing on that yeah right now I think that's enough. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so go make sure. I mean, we're we're getting, uh, you know, a little bit more active on, on Twitter, you know, and using some of these tools that they've rolled out. So, let's see what it does. We both uh, watched this new documentary, "What Is a Woman," and and Zero kind of brought it to the table. He was like, "Man, you need to watch this, and we need to talk about it." So, I'm gonna throw it over to you, man. Why, why was this something that we needed to? watch and talk about on this episode okay so well first of all um we've been we me and my wife have been seeing a lot of uh advertisements for it and the more that i'm seeing it the more like okay okay i see it okay okay i see it and but it's just becoming more and more compelling i'm like you know i'm really actually interested but i hadn't really talked to my wife about it and we we tend to watch like youtube videos together every night well, eventually, uh, there was a like, really long preview and she and I watched it and she was like, we need to get this because she's a big fan of Candace Owens. She's good for the drama and she's good for confronting people right on TV and it's pretty good. So uh, I was like, yeah, I think my wife might enjoy this and I played it for her. She liked it. 
So um, we, we decided let's just drop the 15 bucks. They got a bunch of movies. They got some kids programs. They got a bunch of stuff that we didn't really know was in the works and see what it's about. Because it makes for good conversation about what is uh, creating culture. So with the Daily Wire, I don't really look at them as creating Christian culture. There's so much there's more so creating conservative culture. It's really important to think about who your audience is when you're creating things and how your audience is going to receive what you're putting out there because so, they already have their perceptions. So and, and that actually goes right along with the, the question I was going to ask you as far as like having us talk about it on this podcast, man. You just said it, you know, the Daily Wire is focused in on uh, conservatives, right? That That's their audience. Uh, we are talking about indie Christian culture here at 520 Collective. Uh, where's the connection between those two for you? I mean, I think there's an obvious one when you're talking about who's behind this documentary, but I want to hear your thoughts, man. Christians in the culture and conservatives have a lot in common. Um, and I've heard it say that like black America has a lot in common with conservative culture. When you look at our values, you know, um, we, we believe in family. We believe in hard work. We believe in making a way for yourself. We believe in upholding tradition. That's always what it's been. But when it comes to politics, you have these two sides that are saying things about each other that may or may not be true. And a lot of people just don't pay close enough attention to know whether or not that's true. And so that's kind of what woke, up, what woke me up to the differences between the politics and the culture side of things. Because you look at the black church and a lot of it is very conservative. When I hear the Daily Wire talking against those things, a lot of a lot of it resonates with me because as a Christian, I'm like, yeah, you know, they got a lot right here. It's, it shouldn't be this way. Politics aside, I can agree that we shouldn't have things like Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know if that's a good groundwork for you. Well, no, it's fine. I get it. And, and well, here's the thing for me that also makes it pretty simple is, uh, yes, Matt Walsh. Uh, is part of the Daily Wire, but he's also a man of faith, and he doesn't hide that. So, I mean, I think there's that connection as well. Obviously, the reason why it's relative to what we're doing here at 520 is because he is a man of faith, and this is a topic that, however you want to look at it, it, it bleeds over into the Christian culture. And that's why I think we're going to have this discussion and why we took the time to watch this documentary. So... You have the, the conservative culture, you have the church. We can't agree with those things. And then with Matt Walsh being a Christian and an outspoken Christian uh, and open about his faith, he's a safe person to really look at when you look at the, the crossing of these two spheres between the church and the culture. Um, and I also want to really press on the fact that there are people who are intentionally trying to cross that, you know, that Venn diagram. It's like, I have these cultural views and I'm a part of the church and I'm trying to combine them the best way I can. I mean, like that's how we got Christian rap in the first place at the hip hop world. You had the church. Somebody wanted to bring that together. What they're trying to do is cultural and they're trying to bring it together using the, the, the prism of their faith as a as a perspective. I guess this is a good place of any for me to talk about the, 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 the one thing that I did see. Um, and then I'm going to give you to you and we're, we're going to run through it and we're going to hit on. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna actually get into responding to this documentary, right? But the, I did read this one, this one statement and I totally agree with it. You know, what Matt, Matt Walsh did here was he addressed 
a faith issue, but he did it by following like the the, the, the secular rules. You know, it, like when you watch it, he's not coming at it from the angle of faith. You don't hear God talked about in the documentary. You don't hear, you know, why Christians would have a problem with all this. Still, where he's coming from is a place of faith, but he, he came at it playing by the rules of the secular world. And I think that's why yeah, well, I think that's why it's it, it is very well done, and why Christians can get behind it as well. You have this. There's a saying that all conflict is it's is essentially theological, and so on its face, we have a theological conversation, we have a theological concept or uh, confrontation on our hands. Because if somebody wants to say gender is a social construct and sex is bio- biological, and they're different. And somebody of one sex can be the sa- a different gender, but then at the same time, in the same conversation, say this gender is that sex. Then you have two, you know, you have conflicting arguments. So it's an illogical co- argument. And so the person who actually has a position that they want to defend, they need to logically ask questions and, and probe the person that they're debating about it based on what they say the perception is. And when it when you find out you have like a circular argument, one of the scenes in the in the video or in the movie is where he has this happens a lot, but there is one scene with the professor and he says, What is a woman? And the guy's like, anybody who's something something feels like a woman or whatever. He says, But what is that? Well, it's a person who identifies as a woman. Which is what? And he says it again. And then Matt Walsh says, Do you know what a circular argument is? This is kind of like what you're doing right now. You know, and it's and it's pointing out the the fallacy here that like you cannot use the word that you're defining in the definition. But we've just gotten so laissez faire about like just letting people do whatever they want that somebody actually had to point out the absurdity of 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 what what this whole movement is. Again, I go back to for us as a platform, right? I don't think it's really us trying to convince non-believers to change the way they're thinking. I mean, we, we hope that we can impact them and lead them to the truth that we found. But I think the big thing for us is to keep on challenging each other so that we make sure that we're all, you know, rooted in that biblical foundation like we've talked about in the past, right? And to me, that's the bigger problem. That's where I say we can definitely address people that's supposed to be our brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hope, I hope I can show non-believers, you know, a little bit of the truth where they get curious and they get asking questions and they, and they go seek for that truth. But at the end of the day, it, it's kind of pointless for me to argue with a non-believer because we we don't have common ground. Well, he definitely did, you know, went into deeper concepts and ideas on this documentary. It all boiled down to something very simple, like you said, you know, this this logic. Or I like to say just plain common sense and then asking a simple question. What is a woman that all these people in academia weren't able to answer? You know, we looked at at Romans one and I think it definitely applies to what we're seeing in this documentary of God giving people up to a debased mind, right? Reprobate. So some translations. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, but basically, minds that were not, you know, set in logic and common sense, right? That's essentially what it's saying. 
And then at the end of the chapter, it talks about how um, be- there were believers, right? There were people who knew the truth, but who had bent and went along with some of some things for so long that it wasn't even an issue of them letting stuff slide. They were just flat out. They were telling people that, you know what? You doing this is okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Right? And that's where we're at. Like, why would a person let that slide? Yeah. Like, when another Christian is just like, oh, it's just to each their own and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you got a grown man up there dressed like Raggedy Ann and in front of kids. And it's like, that's that should bother you. And it doesn't. I don't even wonder why anymore. I, I've, I've been saying for the last, what, couple, four, four episodes or so. It's because they want to be somebody in the world. They really do. They want to be somebody in that system. That's more important to them. People who let that stuff slide. This is not holiness is not even an issue anymore. That's where this whole thing goes for me. So, yeah, this and, documentary is well needed. So okay, so so and go I'm, go further with that. Go further with go, okay, go, go further with that right there, dude. Because that's with a what? With, with that statement that you just made. Because that is a you know that is definitely however you look at it, a strong statement. You said this is well needed. Break that down a little bit more. What makes it so? We don't talk enough. Like, we just decide that the other is a certain way. And we decide that they think this, uh, this, these, they have this line of thought. And, you know, we have this fictional other in our minds. Make it real simple. When I was, when I was growing up in the hood, it was always, well, white people do this. White people think this way. White people talk this way. White people do these things. And I had to really go out and find out for sure. Like, are white people really like this? Or is this something that comedians, because, you know, comedians say stuff just to make you laugh. But there are, like, dumb people who think that it's really like that. Or there are people who focus on the wrong points of the joke. And so they walk around with this warped perspective. That's what Matt Walsh broke through, you know, because you could just sit around and complain, oh, the left, oh, the left. But until you actually go out and start talking to people about what they believe, then you can't really be sure whether or not your perception of that other group is even true. So he goes out and he starts he's not just talking to academia professors and elites. He's talking to a lot of other different people. And there are some elites in this like famous people. And he's also talking to, you know, your regular layman down to earth person like the comic book store owner or the, or the women in the wa- the woman's march. And the one woman says to him, if you're not here for women, we ask you to leave. And he says, what is that? Because he's asking, what is a woman? And they're getting mad at him. And it's like, you're there to defend the women's rights, but you won't talk to him about what is a woman. Dude, here, here's the one thing that I really appreciate about the documentary. Um, and this is another example of him coming at it from the perspective of a person of faith as well right at no point in this documentary i mean i don't know obviously we didn't see every bit of film so maybe maybe they just yeah we didn't see the whole take so that's how a documentary is made to right persuade you that's the purpose of it but but at no point do we see matt walsh getting angry with people at no point does he approach them or fight back or or make them think that he you know hates them or he doesn't say anything to try to make them feel less about themselves, right? He's treating them respectfully. Even whenever he tries to answer, you know, there's plenty of times where he asks these simple questions and people obviously are frustrated with the fact that they can't give him an answer. Or I think probably more likely what the truth is, is that they could give him an answer, but they know if they give him the answer, 
the only answer possible, it's going to contradict what they've been saying up to this point. You know, simple questions that make them say, you know, the, the, the interview is going to be over if you don't stop. Right. And he's like, yeah. And, and, and he and, said, and, you're and using he, words like truth and objective. And that's very transphobic. And he's like, the truth is transphobic. And then he didn't want to answer that. Well, or he keeps digging his own hole. Or look at what he does. I know we're kind of jumping around in the documentary. No, fine, uh, jump around. But I mean, even look at whenever he was talking to the doctor about chemical castration, right? And she didn't want to talk about it. She's like, "Well, you're using that to for for this reason. You know, you're using those terms to, to come at it from this angle." And he, his response is, Let's talk well, about the drug Lupron that they use to castrate uh, pedophiles." Yeah. So, but he, chemically, but but he's what does he do? He doesn't push her on. He just says, "Well, hold on. Let's simply look at the definition of it and see if it's relevant to the conversation or not." Right. He pulls yeah, up. Well, he pulls up that that medical definition, and still she's like, "Yeah, but I don't care." You know, you're you're saying yeah, stuff that's you hurting two my going agenda on right in now. In that scene, is you have the doctor who's like she just wants to be perceived a certain way, and then everything that she says, even when she's like shown to be like defending something deplorable, she's like, "Yeah, but still," and that's something I talk about all the time. Is like you you'll argue people into a corner, but that ideology is first and foremost. So their their answer is always going to be yeah, but still. So she proves that. But then you also, you know, the thing that Matt Walsh is doing is it's funny and he knows it's funny and they know that it's funny. And there's a mutual knowledge that oh, I see what you're doing here. So he's he's kind of trolling them. You know, he's doing with like, you know, a sixth grader with a video camera would be doing is like, what? I'm just asking questions. It's just a simple question. It's like, no, it's not a simple question. I mean, it is, but it's a simple question that's meant to entrap you and you know it and they know it. And you know that they know it. And so that's what makes it funny. And they just don't like that they're the butt of the joke and they can't get out of it. So I won't I won't give them that, that it's just a simple question. Like, no, it's a genius arrangement of questions to get them to hang themselves. You're just giving them enough rope to hang themselves with because their ideology is stupid. Yeah, but I mean, I, but think, I think we I see why like, they're getting mad. But but here's but the I thing, still though. think it's funny. But he but he built this all around a super simple question. And I'm with you, dude. I think this is a documentary that, like, it was very well done. You know, some documentaries. Oh, I, I'll, I'll say this: most documentaries, even if they're good, most documentaries have, you know, they, they hit that point where you, you hit that lull, and it's kind of drags, and you're like, oh, yeah. Especially can we, conservative can documentaries, they're like so boring for no re- because you know what it is. They want to show that they're being objective and fair. And what Matt Walsh, he's not doing that. Um, I feel like what he's doing is objective and fair. He's kind of trolling him a little bit. He's using humor. Like when you lean into the perspective that you're trying to bring to the table, then it's entertaining for the people who are there for that. So that's what he does. He leans into the fact that it's funny that they can't answer their own question. Look how big of fools they are. They've built this entire empire on something and forgot to build the first foundational steps. That's the whole joke. And he's leaning into that and he's not trying to act like, well, it's just simple and objective and blah, blah. He's, it's not nobody. Nobody believes. Well, that. and and another thing, I think that's what makes it good, though. And well, and another thing that he did, like you said, there is that humor in it. You know, there's also, you know, very high quality video wise. You know, it is not, it, it, it is a nice looking documentary and two or three, three whatever, <laughs> whatever number it is. I One, do two, feel three, like whatever. this was an hour long, maybe a 45 minute long documentary that they had to go get some more footage for 
because the color grading is different like on every scene especially toward the end of the movie the color grading keeps changing and i'm like okay i see they had to keep adding i'm not trying to fault them because color grading is stupid hard but yeah but i think the other thing that makes it so well done though is also they don't get stuck on one thing that it jumps around a lot right it keeps you engaged it doesn't let you start drifting right no no particular scene is more than what seven minutes long before it goes on to something else now it might now it might come back to some stuff later on and it comes back and it jumps back and forth several times but that movement keeps it where you're like okay you you never get bored the key in is that this is something i hope i if i ever get a chance to do a documentary i remember the key is that you have a character who's trying to get from point a to point b and in this case he's trying to find the answer to this question and so he's traveling the world and talking to all these people in search of an answer and then you say at the end of the documentary he says well here's how you get your answer and then he goes back home and he gets his answer that's the whole that's what makes it good is there's a journey to follow and so there's a reason for him to be doing that a lot of conservative documentaries it's just like here's what expert says about x and here's what this other expert says about x and it's just so freaking boring like christians and conservatives are like equal in this whole boring because they just want to be objective crap where the liberals have a really good job of telling stories maybe a little too much because some of these documentaries are mockumentaries but yeah telling stories to get their point across that's what made this documentary so good uh one thing i wanted to hit on you know he does go all over right he goes all over the united states he goes into canada so he but you know the main the majority of the documentary he focuses on the west he went to nairobi though that's what i was gonna say (laughs) what did you think about that part so he goes to nairobi he's talking to a tribe and their responses are hilarious like give, give me your thoughts on that scene it's hilarious because it's so grounded it's like they said they said point blank a man has a duty that a woman cannot fulfill and a woman has a duty that a man cannot fulfill now we here in the west have fallen in great degree to that to an embarrassing level because we still let feminism drive our lives like there's a lot of guys my age that have recently like in the last 10 years kind of woken up to the fact that like our moms lied to us about a lot of stuff out of this feminism is just our baseline and it takes a lot to climb out of that and Nairobi, that's not the case they were just like these are women's responsibilities these are men's responsibilities you have to do these things it's a duty and so they understand not just the the diversion the, the diversity of the gender roles, but they understand the meaning of duty. And I've talked to uh, people from different parts of Africa, um, working in in you know in my younger days, where they were like, "I just don't understand why you guys put your parents in nursing homes. I don't understand why you guys do these things, like things that we think is normal. You know, they don't think it's normal, like." child care and nursing homes and not taking care of your family and all this stuff that we do is like the world looks at us and they're just like why and we just have really bad customs in our culture yeah well and then i thought it was hilarious and and, and not only hilarious but very telling because we like to think of 
America as being the ultimate place, right? Like, everyone wants to come to America. Everyone wants to be here in order to chase the American dream and, you know, have a better life. But then Matt Walsh is telling these tribesmen about all these different views and, you know, the, the these thoughts on being transgender and not binary and all this different stuff. And then he, he asked them, based on what I've told you, would you want to come and live in America? And their answer was just no. And they're laughing at them. They're no, like, no. Never. And they're swatting flies off of themselves and everything. And it's like, no, I would rather stay here in the bush swatting flies off myself all day long than have to deal with that nonsense. We, we got an industry insider interview coming up in the second segment of the podcast. And this month, uh, we've got Kirk R. Nugent. Uh, he is the host of How It All Works. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Amazon Live. And he does some really cool stuff. He talks about live streaming, uh, using the, the, these visual platforms to boost your own platform, right? Uh, as well as, you know, tech gear. Uh, we, we had a cool conversation about microphones. That's actually how I came across them. I was looking up uh, some reviews on this this mic I'm using now, the Shure MB7X. And he that did mic a, actually looks really good. It uh, does, doesn't it? On screen. It looks really good on we're, screen. I'm a little bit jealous. We're going to get you taken care of, man, at some point here. We're <laughs> going to get you. But that's how I actually came across Kirk Nugent. Uh, he does really cool stuff. And he also does church consulting which I didn't originally know. So, I mean, he, he's a man. Dude is he's, busy. Yeah, dude. He, he does a lot of cool stuff. Really cool, dude. So stick around. Listen to the Industry Insider interview on the podcast after the break. And then if you've got thoughts about, like, if you've, okay, let me say this. If you've seen the documentary, we want to hear your thoughts and your responses to it as well. So you could do a couple of things. You can go to Twitter, right? You can tweet at us. You can DM us. You can join the Twitter community and give us your thoughts or go to the website and you know give us your thoughts in the comments uh, or, or join the discord i mean there, there's a i'll, yeah, I'll say I'll, discord I'll, there's more fun there yeah i mean here's the thing I, there well yeah because we can get in we can get in on a video chat on the discord we talk about whatever we want right yeah well we can see but the, the point is is that when when you're listening we want to know what you think right as, as well it's not all about what me and zero think because half the time may, you know this is why i would say I, i'm i'm not smart but i know some things you know so and i'm probably I, wrong anyway so i mean just don't matter. just come talk yeah so we want to, we want to get with you guys and there's a lot of ways that you can connect with us and give us your thoughts so do that we, let us know like, especially if you've seen the documentary go on there let us know your thoughts because like you know i think the the definitely the th- one thing that we agree on being being zero and myself is that it is a very well done documentary and it fills a, sp- a spot that is really needed right now. So I want to see Here's it. I want to see it. I, like, I want to watch I, it I need, again. Yeah, I would watch it again too. I would watch it again. And I can't say that about most like full feature movies. Let us know your thoughts of the documentary or if you're not choosing to watch it, let us know that too, I guess. And stick around for the industry insider interview. Again, it's Kirk R. Nugent, how it all works. And yeah, thank you for listening to this month's episode here on the 520 Collective Podcast. Let's go! What's up? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. You're rocking with 520 Collective Podcast. Keep it locked. Artist, what is the key to getting your music to your target listener? 
making sure that your catalog is available where people are listening. Trackstars is helping independent artists do just that with Nectar Distro. Sign up for Nectar today to have your music delivered for you to all the major digital streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, YouTube, and much, much more. Go to 520collective.com slash Nectar, that's N-E-C-T-A-R now, to sign up and keep 100% of your royalties along with all of your music rights. With monthly payouts, comprehensive reports, specialty tools like the single maximizer and account management services, along with a dedicated team that understands your needs as an artist, it really is hard to beat what Nectar Distro and Trackstars bring to the table. So hit up 520collective.com slash Nectar to get started now. Hey guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the 520 Collective Podcast. This month's Industry Insider interview is coming up in just a moment. Before we listen in, make sure to check out 520collective.com. It is the home for indie news and faith-based hip-hop. Follow us on social media, including Twitter and Instagram at 520 underscore co. Also, to get exclusive content, hit up our Audio Mac account where you'll find extended interviews, playlists, and more. Let's jump into this month's interview. Welcome to this month's Industry Insider Interview, brought to you officially by Bookkeeper247.com. All right, what's good? And welcome to the Industry Insider Interview here on the 520 Collective Podcast. As always, we are being sponsored by the Bookkeeper 247. Check them out at tbk247.com, where the team, man, they are putting the culture on for God. Uh, repping Christian hip hop and just, you know, really pushing forward what this, uh, subgenre means, man. So if you guys love CHH, you love Christian hip hop, go and support the bookkeeper 24 seven because they're out here supporting you guys for sure, for sure. That again, that is tbk247.com. And joining me right now on the 520 collective phone line, he is the host of How It All Works. Uh, Mr. Kirk Nugent, excited to have him on the show. Welcome, sir. Man, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. So, h- how are you feeling, man? H- how's uh, 2022 treating you? 2022 is off to a, a, a really great start. Um, cannot complain. You know, one of those. It's one of those things where you, uh, where 2021, although it had its challenges, I know from a worldwide perspective, I always want to be, you know, respectful of of the fact that we are in a pandemic and people have lost tremendously. But 2021 for me was a hallmark year, one that is, will definitely be in the books for years to come. But even in this little bit of 2022, I've, I've already seen, you know, some amazing and phenomenal things already taking place. So I cannot complain, man. I am, I'm absolutely ecstatic and, and, uh, waiting with, you know, expectation in terms of what we will see in 2022. Yeah, man. And you are all about um, tech. I love it. You know, we were having some conversations before we got started about just microphones and audio equipment and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of things I think when you're, you know, in the podcasting world that you kind of, you know, you can go a little geek over. Um, just just give the people, man, a little bit of rundown of, of your background, man, and, and what you do. Obviously, we want to talk about the show here in a minute, but but what's just the, what, what do they need to know about Kirk Nugent? Man, first and foremost, I'm a self-professed Jesus geek, right? So I, that that is 
that kind of embodies all of the things. One of the titles that people have given me is the Geek Speaker Preacher because I love to talk. Um, and sometimes that talking does lend itself towards preaching. <laughs> but I am definitely a tech at heart by trade and training, right? So went to school for this, uh, came up through the ranks, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier five, uh, tech support, client services, network telecom, all of these things. And then, of course, landed in leadership. And I think the leadership piece is what kind of uh the, the, i guess what landed me in the leadership piece is the is the fact that i like to talk and talking from the perspective of being able to understand the language of those that i come in contact with uh, got a chance to live overseas for a number of years five years in south africa and um re- realized very quickly that even though we were speaking english it wasn't the same english and those skill sets of being able to shift and learn uh, people's spaces and their uniqueness and their idiosyncrasies and their faults, their 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 superpowers, um, and being able to navigate all of that and, and 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 cherish it and respect it in all of its vibrance and all of its, its its glory. That part, I think, is what really helped to catapult me um, into leadership and to do some of the things that uh, that God has actually caused me to to experience in my life. So those, that's a little bit about me. I love all things tech, all things media and technology, and uh, got a chance to start a channel while we were in uh, in, in South Africa uh, called Advent Seat. It's, uh, it's still there to this day, thousands of views, but we largely have kind of let it go. And I've always done video for myself, was doing a, a fitness vlog, if you will. I was trying to lose weight, ended up losing about 40 pounds uh, over that time frame, and then uh, as I kind of started to transition out of higher ed, I was CIO for uh, HBCU here in, in North Alabama. And as I started to transition out of leadership and higher ed and more into media and to content creation, I, I really began to harness a lot of those experiences, a lot of those skill sets that I've been honing and, and working on along the way to really create this space that I'm in right now. Um, honestly, feel like this, this, everything I've done has led me to this space that I'm in right now. And I really see that the ex- intersection of technology, media, leadership, but also uh, technology, media, leadership, and faith. Uh, that's, that's probably the best way to say it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and let's talk about the show, man. So you got um, how it all works. Yeah, let people know, man, like what what is it about and where do they find it? So it's howitallworks.com and works is spelled with an E. So it's H-O-W-I-T-A-L-L-W-E-R-K-S.com. So HowItAllWorks.com is the site. That's the show page. We have our latest YouTube videos there. We have our latest show uh, there, which our show is on Mondays at 7 p.m. Central Time. So wherever you are, if that's uh, if you're in the East Coast, that's 8. If you're on the West, that's 5. So 7 p.m. Central Time, Mondays is when we have our live show and there's a lot of things that we cover, mainly around live video and live video strategy and its impact for brands, businesses, thought leaders. Um, my, my, you know, what they call brand positioning statement, it, it, it goes something like, you know, I, my name is Kirk Nugent and I teach small businesses, faith-based entities and entrepreneurs how to harness the power of live video, right? That's, that's kind of the, the thing for me. And I always like to put it in those terms for people because I do feel like that's that is really has defined why I'm in this space. So that's where you can find us. Howitallworks.com is the show page. 
But if you're looking for anything else pertaining to me, Kirk, um, I, my website is KirkRNugent.com. And you got to put that R in there because there's another really great, phenomenal guy, uh, another brother. And in fact, he even hails from the island of Jamaica like I do. And he, his name is Kirk Nugent and his website is KirkNugent.com. So uh, if you get him, he's a great guy, but that's not me. It's KirkRNugent.com, K-I-R-K-R-N-U-G-E-N-T.com. And that's where you'll find, you know, all my, all my things, uh, the coaching, the, the uh, ebook, the, the courses, the masterclasses, all of the things that I offer, they're all there on those pages. I would love to, I mean, if any, any of the audience, anybody listening right now is like, oh, let me go check this guy out. I would love to hear from you. Book 15 minutes. It's right there on the site. Let's connect. I would love to hear from you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, the thing that I've really enjoyed with watching your show and really just diving into it is, man, you know, for some people, the, the whole, the whole video aspect of, of marketing and building your brand or your platform, uh, it can be, yeah, and this is myself included. You know, that's out of my wheelhouse. You know, I'm I'm not a, a video guy, but I feel like there's so much information, and you make it accessible with your show. Um, but again, that all goes back to your desire and, and your intent of hey, this is important, right? If you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a creative, this is an important thing you need to do. Um, what is it about video? that is so important today yeah that's good so i'm i'm gonna yeah let me let me stay right where you're with your question but i want to put something on it in a second video is important because it it um it it engages all of the senses somebody's gonna have to i mean if something is happening on screen you've got to look right if something is happening on screen you're gonna look but you probably heard it first before you even saw it and so those are two senses. But then if somebody is sharing something on screen that is of value, you're going to now have to start thinking. And and so you've already engaged three of those senses. Um, you're not going to engage smell <laughs> through video, <laughs> but you you can engage uh, interaction. Right. So so with the comment and um, basically having people engage you, with, you know, even if somebody says something out loud would, as a response to what you're saying, you're engaging their speech as well. Um, and, and you will also find that people will take content or things that they heard from a live show or a live video and they will repeat it to somebody else. Man, they said this on that show. You are engaging several of the senses when you are doing video. When you're doing video, you are engaging a lot of those senses. One of the things that I would put on top of it is that live video, live video. See, the thing with this video that is great. So you watch the, the review that I did on the mic and that's a produced video, meaning there are bloopers, right? There, there are mistakes. There are things that I edited out. What I shared with you is the finished product. What I shared with you is what I want you to see. What I shared with you is, is, is a polished, finished thing and and once people see that they can consume it they can walk away and say okay good i got what i needed but when you're alive it is that much more difficult or uh transparent really is the term because you don't get a do-over like the camera's on you're live maybe there's a 15 to 20 second delay there's no way for you to pull back something that you just said 
And so what ends up happening for a lot of the people that I work with and, and for, you know, for, I mean, it doesn't matter, brands, thought leaders, multi-million dollar corporations and their leaders who are recognizing that we need to get in this playground. We need to now start doing video, not because they have some, you know, there's some goal, there's some gold out there, but your audience that, and the fact that you have an audience, the, 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 the effort to grow an audience is going to be a major form of currency as we go into the future. There are certain playgrounds you can't play on even now unless you have an audience. And so people like you, with this podcast, you have an audience and you can play in spaces, uh, Eric, that, that other people can't play in because you have an audience. And and so if you think about that just for a second, it's like, wait a minute, I, I have currency, right? I have a marketable product. I can have something that I can shop around to other people that even organizations, businesses, enterprises don't have. Uh, I was talking with a guy who is a former athlete. He did some, you know, sports announcing on uh, several of the uh, major network television stations, but he never had a space for himself. And so now he's getting into live streaming because he, there is a, the audience is waiting for him. They just don't have a headquarters. And so what people are doing with live streaming is not only galvanizing an audience around their thing, whatever that thing is, but they're also uh, broadcasting their brand, right? They're, they're putting it out there in a way that they would not have been able to do were it not for live video. So, so one of the things that I always like to share with folks is that live video is at the top of that content creator of that top content creation pyramid because you can take from live video and make the podcast you can take from live video and make uh the blog post you can take from live video and make the reel or the story or the quote meme you can take from live video and make the audiogram you can take everything out of a live video but you can't get a live video from any of those other products and that's why i'm just such a proponent of live video you know, obviously, YouTube is kind of the king when you're talking about that that live video. But there's a lot of places that you can you can come across it. And I think one that uh, you're tapped into that really kind of piqued my interest was uh, Amazon Live. Like, like talk about that a little bit because I think that's a a, um, a platform. I mean, obviously, everyone knows Amazon, and, and it's you know this huge company, you know. But uh, I think Amazon Live may be a little bit of uncharted territory for a lot of people. So, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, you you're absolutely right, man. Amazon Live is 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 actually not new, but it is new to many people. I can't tell you how many times in the course of a week, well, I'll where I'll say, oh, just um, check out my Amazon. Um, live show and they'll be like, what, what, there's a show How, you can watch video on Amazon. So it's a, it's very much a thing. Amazon live is in my opinion, this is Kirk's definition. It's like a crowdsourced home shopping network. What I mean is the people that are on there are not necessarily paid to be on there. Um, the people that are on there for the most part, at least the way the rules are set up should be talking about things that they are enthusiastic about. Right. So you're going to talk about the things that you have purchased from Amazon that you have in your home that you're using for different things. So so Amazon is essentially so Amazon Live is essentially an extension of the shopping experience that Amazon has built out, which they've done phenomenally well. Let me add that shopping experience is curated from the time you have the thought and you type it in the, in the search term and then you get to Amazon and you add to the cart and then you 
purchase it and you get it in two days or less and you have that box at your door with the little smile on it. They've curated the entire process. And so what they've added now is the ability for you to be able to buy with confidence. What do I mean by that? The ability for you to hear from somebody who has already purchased something you're looking at, why they purchased it, why they like it or why they don't like it. You can literally, so you can be shopping on Amazon. You can scroll down a product page that you're looking at and right there on the page, you will see uh, maybe a video of somebody who previously talked about this item. But in a lot of cases, happening more and more frequently, you will see somebody who's live who has that product in their carousel. If you click on that thing, it will bring up the, the, the influencer's live page. You can unmute, you can jump in the chat just like you would on any of the other platforms. You can talk with them, hey, I'm looking at this device. Can you tell me a little more about it? And that little piece of interaction can be the difference between somebody making the purchase or somebody making a different purchase, right? So Amazon Live is a, is a great space for that. And one of my, you know, my, my family jokes with me saying that my love language is question. And one of the things I absolutely love is questions. So what I also love about Amazon Live is that because people are on the platform shopping already, they already have their questions. Like, what are we shopping for today? Oh, well, I'm shopping for this, but I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. All right, cool. Let me help you with some perspective. Let me give you the bigger picture, especially if it's anything live video related. And that's what I do on that platform. I try to stay right in my lane. I'm not trying to talk about comforters and clothes and makeup or anything like that. I stay right in my lane. Anything to do with media, anything to do with live video or content creation, that's what I, I, I try to highlight on that platform. It's a great platform. I highly recommend folks check it out. Amazon.com slash live. Whenever I've, I've watched a couple of your lives, man, and, and the thing that uh, you do a fantastic job with is kind of seamlessly interacting with those people who are you know, on the live, right. Who are in the comments and you're able to move between responding and reacting to the audience while still, you know, talking about, you know, the focus of, of your video as well, right. As you, of your live stream. And man, I feel like that is, I don't know. I just want to get your perspective on it. Like, is that something, is that like a skill that is teachable or is that something that you just kind of have to naturally have? Because like I said, whenever I watch you do it, man, it's, it's so just, it's almost like it's just part of it. You know, like you're not even thinking it and moving in and out of it. And I know for some people that that is kind of a, da a daunting thing. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a really great question. I mean, for me, I recognize that my, my, my history um, is different than many others, but then in some cases it's not. Um, one of the things I, I recognize, and this is, you know, uh, I did a lot of, I did a, a stint as, uh, where I thought I was going to really go full force into public speaking. So I did a number of trainings and, 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 you know, programs to really ready me for that space. And one of the things that they taught us in that space is that everybody's a speaker. And it, it never really occurred to me, like you have been speaking from the time you were born and you will probably be speaking till the time you die unless something physically happens to remove your ability to speak. And so it's just a matter of finding the cheat code that allows you to get comfortable, right? In speaking, right? So when you see me, I have set up my cheat code to get me into a place. Cause I know when I sit down with my family and my siblings, there are four, there's four siblings. I'm right in the middle. I'm number three. There's two above, two below. And when I sit down with them, we don't need an agenda. 
we don't need, you know, an outline. We don't need prompts or cues or anything like that. We just laugh and talk and chill. And what I know of myself is that if I can get into that mode, I will be very comfortable. I'll be very natural. I'll be able to uh, pull out the the, the, the the laughter or the the comedy from different pieces. We have these inside jokes. I, what I recognize is if I can get myself to that space, and of course, everybody has that cheat code for themselves to get themselves to that space. And this is another thing that I learned from public speaking as well, is that you have to know what, as a, as a speaker, you know how you, what mode you need to be in to deliver. Uh, the, the guy that I was uh, doing my coaching with, his name is Grant Baldwin, is out of Nashville. And he has his uh, his pre-show, his pre-speaker routine is listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem, which is hilarious because he's like, a, he's a, a former youth pastor. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, Grant, help me here. But he says just something about the energy. When he takes the stage, he's ready. And, and that's the version of himself that he wants to be. And Eric Thomas talks about doing 50 push-ups. I, I don't do, you know, that's not a, that's not a curve thing. But I know everybody's got to find, you've got to find your cheat code that's going to get you into the place, into the space that allows you to feel comfortable to show your unguarded self. The, the person that you are at the cookout, right? Chilling, you know, grabbing a, a turkey leg from, 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 from auntie, whoever. It's that person that you want to show. And when you are that person, guess what? Everybody else comes down to it. And that, that is the thing that I think you, you experience, uh, Eric, when you see me live, I have already put in place my cheat code to get me into that comfortable place. And so I treat the camera as, you know, my family. I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's just the way that we are looking at one another. I treat the comments as, you know, my cousins and they're chatting it up and some of them are mischievous. Some of them are serious. Some of them, I have malintent, but I just treat them all like they're all family members. And I'm just, I'm just here, you know, orchestrating things like, oh, so hey, we want to hear so-and-so. Oh, bet. Let me put that up. I just keep the conversation flowing because I found a way to get myself into that place where I'm comfortable to be my unguarded self. And I think that's the power of live video is, is that you're actually not looking to be polished. And, and if, if somebody is thinking about doing live video right now, and you're saying to yourself, oh, no, no, Kirk, I can't do this. I, I would dare say to you that without a camera, you're doing live video every day. You see that? You see what I did there? Without a camera, you're doing live video every day. And so because you're already doing live video every day, all you've got to do is add a camera. And, and, and that place, that place that you're in, that's the place that other people want to be in with you. Every content creator I've ever talked to who has experienced radical growth on their channel or it will always tell you that there is there was that moment of crazy openness and vulnerability with their audience. And that's when the audience really resonated with them. That's when the audience really galvanized and said, this is my person for life. That's when you really begin to develop those super fans who, even if you came up with like a, 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 a child's barrette <laughs> they would buy that bad boy. Why? Because they are sold out to who you are and what you are there to produce. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. And guys, again, joining me on the phone line from how it all works. It is Kirk Nugent, man, that marketing piece that can be, that can be difficult, right? Um, right, and I know that right. that's something that, um, 
obviously we want people to tune into your channel and pick up these tips but what's a couple of just like simple tips that you would throw out to the listeners on you know heading down that path okay now that i've got something to share how do i share it you want to frame it in in terms of an answer so you you want to frame it in terms of an answer because the internet right all of the major players on the internet recognize this right so facebook one of the major pieces of facebook is search Google, I mean, Google's whole bread and butter is search, right? Google.com doesn't even have anything on there. It just has a search bar. Search is search is usually done in terms of a question. And so what you want to do when you have your content, you're saying, this is the thing I want to do, you know, create videos on. You want to frame your content in the perspective of an answer to a question. And you want to make sure that you deliver on the answer to that question in your content. And that will help to inform all the rest of the things that you're doing. So you create the content, you want to put it on spaces that are going to help you get recognized in search. Uh, Facebook is good, but uh, uh, <laughs> Facebook is good, but sometimes the, the content gets buried. Um, then you also have YouTube. YouTube, of course, being the king on the block because of the algorithm, the way that the content is. I mean, look, I've got videos that I did five years ago. They still get picked up in search. They still answer the question for the people who are looking for the answer to that question. And those videos are still getting comments to this day. So evergreen content, you can find that on YouTube. And so all you got to do now, once you've framed it in the perspective of an answer to a question, is to figure out what those search terms are and tag your video properly. Tag the video properly. Name your video. Title your video properly. Put the proper description in there so that all of those things will help the computer, it will help the algorithm find your content and serve it up to the people who are naturally searching for it. People are searching thousands of thousands, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of searches a day that go unanswered. So your content has a space out there. And that is one of the easiest, quickest ways to advertise it, to market it to a organic audience, right? Because a lot of times we, we, we want to put it on Facebook and we want all of our friends to go, they're not going to watch it. Just, just, Take it from me. They're not going to watch it. I don't even share my YouTube videos uh, on Facebook or onto my friend groups anymore because I recognize that it appeals to a specific group. And those people that it appeals to, they're searching for it. And so I'd rather get them because they want the answer. That's that's what I would say. Like you said, YouTube king. And everyone knows it, right, whenever it comes to video. But what's your opinion on some of these alternative uh, video platforms that are kind of, you know, trying to, to make their presence known in this area as well. Like I know I've got a, a buddy, he actually helps with the podcast here that, uh, he does a lot of video work and he has really leaned into using Odyssey, for example. And, and a lot of people are like, I have no idea what that is. You know, when you try to say it, well, you know, it's like YouTube, but it's not, um, you know, w- what's your thought there on content creators and should, you consider using some of these alternative platforms that are out there? I, I, the thing is, you know, the, the platforms exist for a specific reason and a specific space, and they, they all kind of have their own unofficial rules, if that makes sense. Um, take, for instance, TikTok. They have, it, 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 it actually has its own algorithm and it's in its own way that it works. And, it, and it, I know people who have figured out what that algorithm, you know, not, let me not say figured it out, that they figured out their niche in that algorithm and they've been able to 
duplicate uh, a measure of success in terms of getting their content picked up by the algorithm and having videos widely viewed and, and even viral. I mean, I, I always tell people that, you know, you, you do have to have a particular strategy for whatever platform you want to be successful on. Uh, I don't see I, I, any of the people that I follow that are successful. I do not see them doing things where they are doing the same thing on multiple platforms and they're finding the same level of success on all those platforms. And if anything, you'll, what you'll end up finding is that people will just stop following them on the other platforms because they're going to get the same exact thing. So you want to look at diversifying what you're going to do on each platform. So like, I'll give you an example, like me with LinkedIn. I, on LinkedIn, I don't really post as much live video stuff. I post more thought leadership and my speaking engagement. I post that stuff on LinkedIn because that's the, the kind of crowd that's there. And that's the kind of network that I want to build out so that I can get some of those speaking engagements um, and, and, and really build up that side of what I do. So being being intentional about, okay, in these spaces, what am I looking to put out there? Who am I looking to attract? And how what does success look like for me? What does a win look like for me at the end of the day in these particular platforms? That that will help you to kind of structure your your approach and your strategy. Perfect. Yes, sir. And man, one thing that I know that you do, you know, as you stated earlier, is you are a uh you know, a man of faith. And you do church consulting as well. So I definitely want to hear a little bit about that and just, and just what you do on that side of things. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the churches are, are unfortunately, um, late adopters. Let me say it that way. They are late adopters, right? To, to, to many of the things that are technology related or anything even online. Um, a lot of churches are found themselves in the pandemic trying to figure out how do we even do this? Um, not because live streaming was new, not because uh, content creation was new or, or that being online was new, but because they just largely had not shifted into that space. And I think what we realize now, uh, e- even if you want to call it post-pandemic, but what we realized at this stage of the game, now that we're a couple years in, we're recognizing that even even as churches are some in some cases opening back up, it is not going back to normal. It is recognizing a new normal. And that new normal will include online. It will include online ministry. It will include a person that is going to your church from across the globe and they will never physically come in the building. And you've got to have, you know, a mechanism in place, an entire apparatus that will serve them and shepherd them and disciple them. So that, that is a, that is a space that I, I get a chance to exist in work with a lot of churches, not only to build out their church studio, if you will, or their live streaming setup, but also uh, to really rethink what it means to be online and to do ministry online and to use it as a vehicle for uh, gospel delivery. So it is it is very a huge part of what I do. I, I'm working with a platform called Alter Live right now, which is a phenomenal platform built specifically for churches, faith-based organizations to have a, a hybrid space that is kind of in between the live stream and physical in-person church. Alter Live is the name of it, alterlive.com. And so I'm, I'm actually one of their uh, church consultants that, and I, I, I actually teach in their Alter Live Academy. And we're actually in, in the middle of a cohort right now where we just got one more session left and we've been walking folks through what it means to really do digital evangelism, right? What does that actually look like? What does it actually take to make that digital pivot 
to online? What are some of the considerations? What do you need to think through? Who are some of the people you want to have on your team? What are some of the technology platforms you want to employ? So it's really been fun merging those passions for me because again, faith is definitely one of my passions, something that I absolutely want to be known for. So, well, Kirk, I, I appreciate the chance to get to talk with you. Uh, but, but, but before we hop off here, man, just like, you know, let the people know where do they follow, support, tap in all the above. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I mentioned those two websites at the beginning of the, the show, how it all works.com works spelled with an E. And then of course, Kirk And you gotta make sure you keep that R in there. But I'll also share with you my, my digital business card, which is Kirk. 10klive.com. Uh, guys, again, this has been the Industry Insider Interview here on 520 Collective Podcast. I want to give a shout out to all of our episode sponsors, uh, especially the bookkeeper247.com. Check them out at tbk247.com for helping make this interview possible. And we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Hey guys, what's up? This is Eric with 520 Collective and the 520 Collective Podcast. I want to talk to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way possible to make a podcast. Let me break it down for you. One, it's free. That's right. No cost to use Anchor. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So if you want to get on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and many, many more, then it's really, really easy, guys. You just set up an Anchor account at anchor.fm. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Again, make money, no minimum listeners. You're not going to find that anywhere else. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. So go right now and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And make sure you let them know you heard it on 520 Collective Podcast. All right, we're so glad that you tuned in for this episode of the 520 Collective Podcast. In fact, we don't want it to end here. Make sure to join our server on Discord and be part of the growing community that's centered around faith-based hip-hop. Let us know your thoughts about the topics covered in this episode and tap into a variety of live events. Go to 520collective.com slash Discord now to join.